0: Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Sci-Fi Wise Guys podcast. I'm your host, Anthony. And I'm your other host, Chris. Hi, other host, Chris. What's up, Anthony? How you doing, man? I'm doing great. I'm really looking forward to uh, our recording today, talking to yeah. you about our second entry in j July, where we're going through all of the movies, all of the movies. We're going through all several of, of the <laughs> movies from famed filmmaker Jason Trost, But other than that, I've actually had a a pretty good couple of days. Been off for the 4th of July weekend. Yeah, you're back. Flew home on the 4th of July. Yeah. From Ohio, right? Ohio, the glorious state of Ohio. I've already made our Ohio joke, right? I I don't know. I usually don't listen to your jokes. Oh, so more astronauts have come from Ohio than Uh, any other state. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. More than (laughs) once, actually. Say it. You know what? Say it again. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No. So on the Sci-Fi Wise Guys podcast, what we actually do besides making fun of each other is talk about science fiction and science fiction adjacent. Movies, television shows, anything that's straight to stream and visual entertainment media, we're pretty much going to take a look at it. Speaking of taking a look at Sci-Fi. We're going to check a look at it. We're going to check a look at this. I would like to introduce a new segment for our podcast, This Week in Sci-Fi, Oh. For this, essentially going to ask you, what science fiction have you ingested over the past week? Other than the movie we're going to talk about, I assume. Other than the movie that we talked about, yeah, or we're going to talk okay. about Okay, yeah. so this week in sci-fi, as it pertains to me, not as it pertains to the greater world of science fiction and whatever else might have happened. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah? Is that all I get? Yeah. No more clarification? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I already said got it. it. What else do you need? You got it. No, you got it. You got it. <laughs> Honestly, this past week I've worked 10 to 14 hour days, so I haven't done a whole lot. Uh, but in mm-hmm. my last couple of days being off, I have gotten some video game time in okay. and I've continued my, my, I'm just not really binging since so I took a few weeks off while I was gone, but I've been rewatching Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started season seven, ended season six with spoilers, I guess, for something that came out more than 20 <laughs> years ago. The death of a main character, which is always sad. And started the new <gasps> season with new people. The- Video game-wise, i play. I tried out the new Dungeons & Dragons game, the Dark Alliance game. I, I heard it was playing n- not good. Playing It is okay. Okay. I don't have any complaints, but it's not usually my style of game, so it was really fast-paced, but I can already tell that it's one of those games where they want you to replay and replay and replay the mm. same stuff over and over and over again, like Diablo or what have you. So I know I'm going to get bored with it pretty quickly. Okay. Fair enough. But it's on Game Pass, so it was... No, no cost to me. No immediate yeah. direct cost to me. Yeah, fair enough. I yeah, I watched Invincible. Mm. Something that we we talked about for the podcast, but I don't think we're ever going to get around to watching it and reviewing it. It's been um, on which the list is okay. for a while. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It's really good. I I really enjoy. It's very very adult. There's a, there's no like express sexual content, but there's a lot of there's a lot of blood and killing and death. So that's the thing. And then yep. in terms of video games, I've been playing a game called Remnant from the Ashes, which is a game that you bought me for Christmas. Did I buy last that year? for you? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And so I've been playing that. It, is, it was on uh, your wish list, I guess. It's like Dark Souls, but with guns. So, yeah. But I think you've already pl- you've played it, haven't you? Played a little bit of it, yeah, last okay. year. Did a little co-op action in it. Okay. It was pretty good. Oh, I finished Shadow and Bone. Did I tell you that? No, you didn't tell me. That. Oh, maybe yeah. you... No, I don't think so. I don't think you told me that. I I think I told you I watched the second episode. Yes. But I actually finished the series. How, how, how about you? I have not. I've only watched the first two episodes. Okay. Every time I sit down to watch television, I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch this. I'm going to watch that. And then I end up watching Deep Space Nine. Fair enough. Because not. it's great. What's your roommate's fault, really? Well, not <laughs> They should really, have watched actually. it when it came out. I uh, badger her into it quite often. I'm like, hey, uh, guess what? We're, we're, this is what I'm turning on. This is it. Uh, but no, that'll probably actually probably be next uh, before I do any other do any, any more Star Trek. Okay. Well, let's pivot to the actual let's thing pivot. that we watched and we're going to review. That was a fun what segment. What did we watch, Anthony? We watched FP2 Beats of Rage. Beats of Rage the long-awaited sequel to The FP, which we discussed. Black. Did we discuss The FP last week, or did we just kind of reminisce I mean, about The FP? I'm not familiar enough with the definitions to actually oh, fair to enough. give you an answer. So, <laughs> FP2 Beats of Rage is a 2018 American comedy film and sequel to the 2011 film The FP, written, produced, and directed by Jason Trust The film focuses on Jatro, played by Jason Trost, and Casey DC, played by Art Sue, former members of the 248 gang, traveling through the Waste to participate in the Beats of Rage tournament. Yes. Okay. Throw out some more facts before I get to our opinions here. Beats of Rage on IMDb has a rating of 5.9 stars out of 10, with a median score of 7. Uh, Similar to the first F.P., (laughs) <laughs> a lot of people voting it 10 stars it's got 20 23.6 percent of rankings or ratings gave it 10 out of 10 so definitely another cult classic film got a, a a really hardcore following of which i'm sure y'all already know is you know includes the sci-fi wise guys it does uh i wanted to i went back and looked so the fp the first fp has a 5.6 star rating so this one's just barely beating it out with 5.9. Pretty interesting. Well, do you have any of the uh, any of the other facts from those other websites? I do. Uh, I do want to point out that Beats of Rage only has 157 ratings, which I think the original uh, FP yes. has far more than that. Rotten Tomatoes, 67% fresh, based on six critical reviews, 100% audience score, nice. uh, based on fewer than 50 ratings, and Metacritic... TBD. Oh. There is one critical review. It's been three years. I think TBD means never going to happen, but okay. Well, it, it has one mixed review by someone named Richard Whitaker from the Austin Chronicle, and that's it. There are no user scores, hmm. nothing else. So Metacritic doesn't know what it's missing. <laughs> All right. So them's the facts. Now, tell us what you thought of the movie, Chris. So this is a sequel, obviously. And I think I am on record with sequels. I think very rarely does a sequel not only improve upon, but expand the world and overall... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not not je ne sais quoi. Um, but, but rarely is <laughs> no, the sequel... I don't sequel think that's the word tr- you're looking for. Ru- rarely is the sequel truly better than the original. Rarely. Okay, yeah. I, I think I have to say that this movie is not that case. However... I do think it is every bit as good as the FP. There are some things that get lost. I think some of the charm of the original movie kind of went away. And I think it was only I think it was necessary in order for you to expand the boundaries and kind of the um the lore of the movie. You kind of had to like retcon some stuff or, you know, explain things that didn't need to be explained in the original movie. Mm. Um and I'm I'm perfectly okay with all of that. Sometimes you got to break shit before you can fix it. Exactly. Uh (laughs) Is that that the line? (laughs) That is an exact line from the movie. Yes. And so we have uh, Jatro, reoccurring character, Jason Trost. I have a couple things. First off, his younger self is played by Samantha. Samantha. (laughs) Samantha. Samantha Trost. Don't know if that's his daughter or his niece or whatever. That's cool. Art Sue returns as KCDC, Nick Principe returns, he has a little cameo, uh, Sean Whalen famously re- reprises his role as uh, Stacy's dad, uh, and then pretty much everyone else, with the exception of Brandon Barrera, are all new characters, and that's okay, I d- like, the only thing I would have wanted was just a return of LWE, mm. I think AK-47 does a great job standing in as a main villain, Yeah, but like we talked about this in Star Trek and we are now at 13 minutes and 24 seconds about how every villain after Khan was just an attempt to be Khan or be even bigger than Khan. Are you comparing LWE to Khan? (laughs) Yes, I am. And I think (laughs) AK-47 does a fantastic job filling in as the villain. Yeah. He's just, he's got a crazy look. He's our Christopher Lloyd, is that what you're saying? Uh, He's just amazing. uh, Tom Hardy. Mike, Mike, Oh, Gorman does a really, really good job of being this weird, like, I, why, okay, why is his name AK-47, but he uses a bunch of Spanish? Well, he's AK-47 because he stole Nitro's prison number, because he wanted to take everything from him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, that I doesn't explain know. why he uses a bunch of Spanish words, but, you I mean, know. they're in Southern California. Maybe he spent a lot of time There is no Spanish-speaking communities. Yeah. After the apocalypse. I'm right, but may, but I would imagine, sorry, they're in what used to be Southern California, so I imagine that there are still many Spanish-speaking communities, just like there are in our area. Maybe. Maybe. But yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed this movie. I liked everything about it, and uh, it has a colon in the title. Sort of. Which qualifies as not only a sequel, uh, in a, or a, what did I say for Mythica? That if it has a colon in the title, that means it's part of a series or it's bad. This is part of a series and it is not bad. So fair enough. I found it interesting that it's called FP2, like in the marketing and on the IMDb page when you're trying to watch it on Amazon Prime, but on the cover of the Blu-ray and the title of the, like in the movie, the title s- uh, screen in the movie, it just says Beats of Rage. Well, so I think the original title of the movie was going to be called Beats of Rage, and then they changed it right. to FP2. Well, I think they changed it a few, like there was Beats of Rage, the FP2, and then FP2 Mm -hmm. Beats of Rage. So it it went through some different naming. I think, I'm I'm glad they left FP in the title because I think that gives it the continuity. I'm not going to wonder too hard about why he was trying to drop the FP name and just call it Beats of Rage. I think it ends up, like with Mythica, you already brought up Mythica. When those were originally released, they didn't have a 2, a 3, a 4 in them. And that Mm would have made it almost impossible for us to figure out what was going on. After right. the first one, right? So I'm, I'm glad that he eventually kept that if, if it was only for marketing reasons. So I agree with you for the most part. Um, I do think that the movie is, it does lose a little bit of its charm coming from the FP, but I also am 100% okay with it. Yeah. It makes sense in the directions it went and how it went there that, yeah, it's got a different feel to it, but it, it, it isn't less than, it's just a little different and that's okay. Yeah. I agree. We could definitely, definitely tell like the first movie had definitely like sports movie influence or maybe like Rocky, right? Or this one had more of a, it's still an eighties kind of feel to it, especially with the, <laughs> the montage in the middle uh, fan with the dope montage music, but it had more of like a almost like a Highlander kind it's of kind of like mythical feel to it. Best of the best or blood sport almost um, like there's some karate kid vibes a little bit. Maybe, but I guess there's just the mystical chosen one, you know, type thing going on that, that made me feel more. Well, if you want to talk about myth, mythical fantasy elements, hmm. uh, there are two scenes in this movie where someone is talking to someone else on a mountain and there's clouds around. Uh, first spoilers, it is Nitro and young Jatro. And then later on, it is Jatro and his uh, daughter Chaitro. Uh <laughs> Great. Yes. Very, yes. very good. Oh, uh, we're th- spoiling everything. Let's go. Let's go. I just said spoilers. Yeah, you did. You did. I'm in. I'm in. Those scenes are direct rips from Conan the Barbarian. Like the very first yeah, one with Arnold okay. Schwarzenegger when he's a kid and he's sitting on the mountain with his dad and his dad's like, the, like, the secret of steel is blood. or something. I don't even remember the line. It's not important. Um, <laughs> the secret <but> of yeah. <laughs> steel is Yeah, that sounds about right. But uh, Dude, I can't tell you. I, I saw the movie as a kid and I don't remember anything about it. That's fair. I mean, th- there's definitely Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter elements, because... Especially with all the finish him. Yeah. Well, before every, like, match, like, whenever they're, like, when it's, like, Tro versus... Well, I don't know, like, what's Quacka Jax? That was Quacka his name, right? Quacka Jax, yeah. And then he, uh... <laughs> and then Quacka says some, like, dumb one-liner. It's yeah. not important what he says, but then, like... And then Chai T is about to go against somebody. Then he's then that person says one dumb one liner, and then like yes. it's just like right before you fight Ryu, he's like you can't. He's like you will fear my Shin Long or whatever he says or Dragon Punch. You know that's that's what they're doing They're Or yeah. like when, oh, yeah, or, it's definitely yeah. the fighting game influences. I think a little bit more on the Mortal Kombat side with the mystical stuff. You were talking about the it being a sequel that's good but different. And the kind of mystical undertones, the more I'd say it's more sci-fi, more in our purview than the first mm-hmm. one. It reminds me a little bit of Temple of Doom. Oh, yeah? Okay. I mean, it's kind of a shift from Raiders of the Lost Ark where it's just got a different tone to it. We're a little bit more familiar with the character, so he's not as surprising, but everything around him is different. And it's got those a kind of very different mystical feel to it. And so I'm going to compare it to Temple of Doom. Fair enough. My least favorite Indiana Jones movie, which is is the where the (laughs) where the comparison ends right there. So (laughs) fair enough. Yeah, and I am including the fourth one when I say that. I just lost all my street cred. Eh. Yeah, it's all good. Crystal Skulls a fun movie. It's a fun movie. You 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 can be the worst Indiana Jones movie, still makes you a good movie. (laughs) Usually, when it comes to the FP two, it is a significant departure. Not only in Tone, but also in location, it no longer takes place primarily in within Fraser Park, the FP. It takes place in a an area called the Waste, or I'm sorry, the Wastes, which I I assume is just like the area in between major cities in this universe. Well, you can see the destroyed cities in the background during the walking scenes. Instead of using another word that started with N, they have now uh, interposed the word Ninja, which they can use much more liberally and like and I, I, I can think can it just on on air yeah yeah and they, and they can also just make up words there's like a group of people who f- mind the booze and they call them ninjawas i think the, i think it's cuz it's ninjawa because you're not allowed to say ninja because it's not politically correct to call people ninja <laughs> well the the ninjawa. I, I thought it was because like jawas <laughs> it in doesn't the desert matter. on tatooine uh, maybe maybe yeah <laughs> so just maybe the, the beats of rage tournament is where you go to, I guess, establish cred and also get booze. So the booze, the they dug, sorry, in the FP, the place, not the movie, since the last movie, they've hung up their boots. They've mm-hmm. retired all of the beat beat revelation machines because too many people are getting 187 And they mm-hmm. dug the booze mines, but the booze mines are running dry. And so in order to save the FP from running dry and forcing everyone to go out there and, and into the and deal with all that wet shit. Jatro goes to the Beats of Rage tournament to win a bottomless supply of booze or what they're calling quattro. I really enjoyed when they're in the the booze mines and they've got like blue crystals that they're dis, they're mining oh, yeah. and then distilling into booze <laughs> and he's got like the Listerine bottle with duct tape on it. He's just a 100%, 100% on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's really good. Oh man! And I noticed this watch through something I hadn't noticed before that uh Stacy's name is graffitied on a wall in the or on the wall on the side of the I guess the drainage tunnel that he's sitting and drinking. I don't know if mm-hmm. you noticed that. I did not. It says like J Tro. I think there's a heart and it says Stacy. Mm-hmm. And then of course we see Stacy's dad later, but we don't actually see Stacy. So Stanya. That's what he's credited as. Who Stacy's dad is Stanya. Yeah, Stanya. He's named now. Very good. Yeah, very Like good. moving up in the world, Sean Whalen. <laughs> good job. Uh, yes, Profes- <laughs> professional actor,
1: <laughs> Sean Whalen.
0: Yes. yes. So we'll do a kind of a quick and minor plot breakdown. So he goes to the Beats of Rage tournament. He progresses through, I guess, the ladder fairly quickly and ends up being in, I don't know if it's a championship match or whatever because we don't really know.
1: We, we don't really know if know. it's the
0: final match or a semi-final yeah. match. Right, right, right. He ends up against AK-47 who at the beginning of this movie defeated BLT R.I.P. in a beat match in a beat off? Uh, we should also we should also mention that AK forty seven is a soul collector. Yes, well that's what I was about to say. So he defeats BLT, who gets one eight seven on the pad, appears to die, and then AK forty seven, who's probably trying to do like a weird Morton Joe cosplay from <laughs> Mad Max Fury Road, yeah. outstretches his hand. And it's like he's got a red glove and he's got like a piece of machinery that like I guess kind of encompasses the space between his index and his thumb. But it's a tube and he sucks the soul out of BLT and then takes his shoes off. He's the soul collector. Yeah, because shoes have souls and people have souls. That's the bit that reminded me the most of Temple of Doom is the, the villain more or less stealing well i mean in temple of doom he's taking people's hearts or whatever but right. you know he's like outstretching his hand and saying the words and yeah yeah very shang song yes so that's true that's very true i liked that blt it <laughs> is the the credits when they're showing you know they, oh, yeah. they do this bit in the credits where they show the characters from the movie and say their names over them, but it's like scenes from the movie we've all seen yeah. that before and but BLT's picture is just his dead body. Yeah, he's just laying on the ground dead. Yeah. <laughs> but his mouth Very opened. good. Oh, it Very was good. great. Good job, Nick. So AK 47 defeats J attempts to collect his soul, uh, but he can't. He ends up just stealing his shoes. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me rewind a little bit. Before he fights AK 47, before he beats off AK 47 or beats off against, I don't know. <laughs> the, the amount of beat off. Jokes in this movie were off the scale. He is introduced to a, a female beater, Chai T, played by Tally Wickham. She's an Aussie or New Zealander or whatever. I'm not sure. No offense, no offense, Tally. I don't know. There's nothing on the internet about you, so I have no idea where you're from. There's like a romantic interest on both sides, but when he gets defeated by AK47, she just kind of like turns and's like, huh, and then walks away. That was kind of yeah. rude. Yeah, well, I mean, KCDC had already abandoned him as well. Yeah. J-Cho is going through a lot. You know, he's trying to he's trying to win this tournament for the FP, but he's going about it the wrong way. He's worshiping, a, worshiping the god of rage instead of trying to solve the riddle of re <laughs> So and it's leading him down a dark path. So LWE had like a, a lion's growl. But AK-47 right. and Jatro for a small moment, do like a panther growl? Right. So was LWE also a member of the the Rage, the Church I of Rage so, or whatever I it's assume, called? I assume that AK-47 and Jatro had the same Rage effect because, spoilers for near the end of the movie, AK-47's real name is A-Tro. He's <gasps> j little brother that he didn't know about till now. Yes. I, they really couldn't decide on the- order of those 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 names yeah be they went <laughs> a, yeah <laughs> well you know <laughs> momtro anyways anyways I, I i want i want we'll talk about it when it comes up just keep with your uh, plot breakdown here so KCDC and Chaiti abandon Jatro in the wastes he's traveling through the wastes and he stops at a little watering hole and meets Nitro very good played by brew Muller who is Jatro's father um, who has an eye patch on the exact opposite eye? You have your mother's eye, Jatro. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was it, literally oh the only. That was the only eye patch joke in the entire movie that I just lost it at. There's a couple of insults based around that, but like that that line really threw me. Brew Miller, I'm sorry, Brew Muller. I thought for like a hot second that this was Faramir. Oh, really? From Lord of the Rings. Like for a hot second, I was like, what? no, that's not him. But I don't think I've ever seen anything that he's in that I recognized him from. Like he's in NCIS, Los Angeles. One episode. Yeah, but I don't I don't know anything else that he's in besides this. He's in All Superheroes Must Die 2. Which we'll be watching soon. That's cool. He's also going to be in FP3, Escape from Baco. Yeah, but nothing else. I can't really... I don't see anything else. But he did a pretty good job. I really liked Brew's performance. He's not BLT levels of just like push, 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 push. Right. But I I really liked the way that he uh, handled himself. I'd have to agree for the most part. Every once in a while, he would... (laughs) Sometimes the slang didn't 100% fit coming out of his face. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Brew. It sounded good. And I don't know if it was his delivery or just because I, I don't know. I don't know why. Everyone's probably like, did he just say bleed at? Yeah, everyone's <laughs> been saying that this whole time. I guess, like, when, when someone is introduced as a father ki- figure, father character, I can't help but think about my father and how if he ever mm-hmm. said something like that, I'd leave. Be like, oh, something's wrong. I need to get out of this situation <laughs> now. <laughs> So, dad. I think that was my own problem, not his. <laughs> your dad walked into your room and said, it says, I'm challenging you to a beat off. You'd be like, what? I'd be like, dad, <laughs> how dare you, sir? What? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Please leave. How did you get in so, here? How do you know where I live? Jatro and Nitro return to the FP where AK-47 has been just abusing the uh, citizens. Yes. They reunite with KCDC. Holla. He's trying to give this like epic speech. Like He's like, we're the resistance. And then there's like two people standing there that just go, nah, we're out, man. We're good. You can do this on your own, whatever. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty good. And then he once again challenges um, AK-47 and he defeats him and then proceeds to beat the crap out of him. Um, I loved that they start fighting and he just punches him four times and he's done. (laughs) <laughs> like, he gets back up and they fight some more, but I was like, oh, awesome. Like, for an end fight, for him just to be like, no, and just lay lay him out. <laughs> I, was, I was pretty happy with that. It is revealed to Jatro. We already know, but Jatro finds out that Chai-T is pregnant with his child. With it's his, a really, yeah. She's like, it's a Sheila. And then he, like, puts his hand on it and is like, is it mine? <laughs> and then she says, it's ours. I can't do it's her ours. accent. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah please don't. Yeah, and then the movie ends, and then we get a after credit scene of Jatro hanging out with his kid Chaitro. You know, telling her the same thing about um, that his dad was trying to tell him that how to reninch How do you so? I liked the ending of this movie. How did you feel about AK forty seven being related to Jatro? I think it's fine. I didn't really. I didn't really. I mean, it was a nice twist. It allowed them to introduce like. I, had they not done it, and they just had some random other generic villain, I think it would have just been like, does he? Does J Cho really need a Rogues Gallery? You know, because so there's oh. a third movie coming out, right? Escape from Baco Bay or whatever, Baco, which is yeah. a, apparently supposed to be described by J Tro as he also compared the sequel's plot to Escape from L.A. Of course, so that'll be cool. I mean, maybe AK forty seven returns. Since he's getting taken to Bako at the end And they have to work together Maybe he's breaking him out of Bako for some reason I don't know I think it's a neat twist I definitely didn't expect it mo- <laughs> I really did not well, I thought like, kinda... he was just going to say Atro is this other guy And then AK-47 killed him And then he says he stole my prison number Which was AK-47 uh... So my, my, my whole bit is We were talking about how Sometimes things don't need to be explained mm. AK-47 being a tro, the evil tro, (laughs) is just trying to give... It's a backstory for AK-47 and also tries to make it a little bit more personal for Jatro's character, beating him, right? But he didn't really take it personally. I mean, he even tells him, you're not my brother, you're just some... What does he say? You're just some jerk that looks like me? I I think he says you're just some bitch that looks like... (laughs) No, that's probably more accurate, yeah. (laughs) And so... It didn't really add to their tension. And him having a backstory doesn't really matter. Right. Right. Like, he's just a villain. Yeah. He's just a rant. Like, LWE doesn't have a backstory. He's just some other dude from the FP. Right. So, I I, I don't know. I, I didn't, it didn't take away anything. I just don't think it added much, if that makes sense. Now, yeah. maybe it does later. You're 100% right. They're making two more movies, could easily come back and, and actually have something to, to do with everything. Just in this one, it felt like some setup and no payoff, but it didn't hurt. If that makes sense. I gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I, I I don't necessarily agree, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like the the trope checklist, right? <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. like, I'm not oh, being yeah. sarcastic. I think that's what you like. That's part of the thing. Whenever you make a sequel, one of the cliches is, oh, in the sequel, right, we're going to find out this person is a family member. That's important to the plot for some reason. Which I, th- I think was a staple of many '80s movies. You're right. So maybe it's more of a um, more of an homage than I than I originally thought. Yeah, you're not wrong. I could be completely wrong, but I think in like the Karate Kid 2, like when they go to Okinawa or whatever, and like Mr. Miyagi has a brother who's there who like hates him because he stole his wife. Or yeah. Not, now he didn't steal his wife. He was going to marry Mr. Miyagi's wife, but she didn't love that guy or whatever, and so she isn't that Mr. the Miyagi. plot from Ninja Turtles with. Shredder and Splinter slash Splinter's um, master, master or whatever. Yeah, but Mr. Miyagi doesn't get cut down in his apartment. No, but no. Yes, but I feel Dan- like, yeah. But I don't think I don't think Splinter's master and uh, Shredder. were I'm brothers. just trying to say that Karate Kid yeah. stole <laughs> plot beats from the Ninja Turtles. Let's see which one came out first, real quick. Uh, uh, okay, karate, yeah. I don't know how we're talking about these completely Fair. different 1984. And then Ninja Turtles, which I'm pretty sure a movie I saw in theaters, 1990. So you're talking about the movie, though, but it is influenced by some comics. Mm, Fair enough. Well, the Karate Kid was influenced by karate, which is an ancient... I'm going to (laughs) stop. I'm I'm incredibly Uh, upset with everything you just said. (laughs) I Okay. So we don't have official budgetary information for this movie. However, on Wikipedia... In July 2017, Tross started an Indiegogo campaign to raise additional funds for the movie. The original fundraising goal was set at 20000 which was surpassed at over $34,000. So at least $34,000 plus however much money was thrown in by other investors. There was a, a bit more special effects in this one. I think the camera work was actually better in this movie. We got a lot of like cuts and a lot of shots that I thought were really neat. You know, Ivy, mean, there's the really bad green screen of the broken down buildings in the background, whatever. It might it might have just been what I was watching it on. Right. I thought the effects were great. I thought yeah. that the camera work was great. Was the camera... The camera looked a little dirty in some of the scenes near the end when they're back at the FP near the, the booze mines. There was a shot of KCDC and he had like a speck of dust like on his nose the entire... like Because it was... It was a scene where he's talking to Chai T, and they're like cutting mm-hmm. back between their their faces, and I can yeah. see it on his face. Yeah, I saw a few. A so I think it was that. on the camera. Yeah, that's a bit odd. Yeah. Like, you know, it didn't detract from the movie. It's just something I'm not used to seeing, obviously. Music by the Moon Vampires. And I've Googled and Googled, and I don't know who they are. Mm, okay. I really liked uh, the soundtrack in this one. So at the beginning of this movie, there is a disclaimer recommending that what a three drink minimum three drink minimum okay so when we watched this movie we watched the first part of this movie we were beyond the three drink minimum (laughs) and when i watched the remainder of the movie i was also beyond the three drink minimum and so i decided that just in case there was anything that i missed i was going to watch it again sober when i was watching it the second time there was an, an audio issue where the headset I was wearing wouldn't play any music unless someone was talking. Weird. Yeah. So I watched the movie and then I listened to the movie again without any video just so I could hear the music. And there are several sequences where, what was it? What did I send you with a subtitle? Sad techno music. <laughs> yes. Yeah, sad techno music. Dope end movie music. Sexy techno music <laughs> rises. <laughs> What's, you sent me that and I was actually I was watching I was re-watching the film as well. I was watching it. I'm assuming you watched it on Amazon Prime? Yes, yeah so I I watched it on Blu-ray. I think I said this last week, but go to Jason Tross Twitter at the Jtro and he has a link where you can buy all of his movies on Blu-ray. Go do it. The subtitles in the Blu-ray are different than the subtitles on Amazon Prime. <laughs> Not only are they different, they're worse. There were oh. a couple of extra characters that I noticed. It didn't have the sad techno music <laughs> subtitle. It, you could tell it was done by I don't know, maybe a different production company. I'm not sure, um, but it is obviously you can buy the Blu-ray. It looks great. The cover looks like an old Sega Genesis cartridge. It even says J Tro presents at the top instead of Sega presents. It's really really cool. Yeah, but it is available to rent order to purchase on Amazon Prime no. if you prefer a digital copy. I can't watch it on Blu-ray. Uh, do you not have a Blu-ray player? No, because I'm not going to open up that. Oh yes. The, the, the sealed copy of it upside down. Yeah. Yeah, your limited um, edition upside down and backwards. Yeah. You're welcome. Thanks, man. My favorite subtitle gaffe was chai tea. They actually spelled the word out T. Oh, they actually like chai like tea. Like, yeah. Yeah, chai tea. And oh, then really like weird. in every everything else like on Wikipedia or IMDb, it's just the letter T. Oh, my subtitles definitely just had the letter T. Yeah. <laughs> chai tea. That's interesting. Speaking of chai tea, tally wickham has been in some other Jason Trost movies, but for the most part, she doesn't have really any other credits that I could see. Not as an actress, but... Yeah, as an act- as an actress, yeah. But just like a lot of the other people in these movies, very much involved in the production side. That's kind of cool. Yeah. She's been the production manager for uh, LCD Sound System, something called Marvel's Hero Project. She's so just, yeah, some video shorts, documentaries, been a producer. Um, on a lot of this of Jason Trost's work, mm-hmm. actually, I think that's all Jason Trost's work. Now that I'm looking at it a little, with a little bit more, yeah, every single one of those things that she's a producer on is is a Jason Trost production. But yeah, anything yeah. else you wanted to talk about or shout out to some of these other actors? Oh, well, we already like mentioned. Do, still do that. The ones <laughs> that we've already talked about. No, I want to talk about the actor. Really, I want to mention one guy, Ryan Gibson, who played three different characters. In yeah. this movie. And I didn't realize <laughs> it until even like in the credits, I was like, that looked weird. And then looking it up afterwards. Oh, so Ryan Gibson plays Han Cholo. <laughs> <laughs> Quackajacks, we've mentioned before in 3DO, who uh, Han Cholo, I think, is a member of AK-47's entourage, if you will. And the other two characters are just people that were in the beat uh, Beats of Rage tournament. So there's a character named Tequilo. Which is actually played by two different actors. Oh. Huh. So if you, on IMDB, Frank Sanders is quote is credited as tequilo, parentheses, second half. And then directly below him is Michael Lucas as Tequilo K. Joan. And then on Wikipedia, there it's just Michael Lucas and Frank Sanders as Tequilo. So maybe there was a con- excuse, maybe there was some kind of conflict or something. I don't know. Well, I mean, the second half, like second half of the movie, or was Tequila one of those characters that was like on stilts or something, and there was literally two people under there. I don't know. I mean, it could be. Did you notice that the, the they had a, they got really creative with the names in this one? I mean, Quack Jacks, Bitch Three Hundred and Sixty. The announcer for Beats of Rage, the MC, was H One N One. Yeah. <laughs> Also forklift. Who just says forklift? You just says forklift. Munchwad. I actually thought that AK forty seven was the least creative name, which is unfortunate for the main villain, but because it's just AK forty seven, you know, yeah. like it, it isn't. I don't know. It just it felt a little on the nose, if you will, especially even compared to the, some of the names in the the first movie. You know, LWE, triple decker one K, triple decker one thousand, <laughs> beatbox bust a bill. You know, like. And then you got AK-47, and I'm like, oh, all right, that's fine, you know, like it's it's all right. It's just not. I don't know. It doesn't hit the same. You know what I mean? Part of it might be that they had to add so many additional characters because since it was a fighting tournament. Oh, I, sure. You know, yeah. Maybe they just the creative juices stopped flowing as well. No, oh, I doubt but. it. I somehow doubt that his creative juices. No, I know. <laughs> no, I just meant like in just naming characters. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. Like KKJ. Yeah. Wall Mama. Wall Mama was interesting. She was on the wall. Yeah, yeah. Why wouldn't? What other name would you? I'm just saying. Just that's. I mean, I. I'm assuming that's that's what happened. Is they just they were just like, oh, we need to name these characters. We've only got like a couple weeks. It's like, oh, I'm just gonna put some random names in a barrel and see what happens. Even even if that's true, um, we're talking about AK-47. Who is like, I'm not disagreeing disagreeing with you. It feels like (laughs) you're disagreeing with me right now. Feels like you're trying to start a fight. Are we fighting right now? Are we beefing? I don't want to beat beat. So fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Anyways, no, that, just the that's the one extra actor I wanted to. I wanted to flip the script on you and start naming off random actors. <laughs> yeah, because apparently it's a problem when we do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got some feedback this past week, uh, or maybe a couple weeks ago. Why do you name every single actor? Because we want to. Yeah, because <laughs> making a movie is a long, difficult process, and I think that everyone deserves a shout-out when they get there. Speaking of shout-outs, I think for the most part, much of the returning crew is the same. I don't think Brandon Trost or Sarah Trost were involved in this. Oh, oh no, Sarah Trost figure. definitely did costume. Yeah, yes. But I, I don't think Brandon Trost was involved in this one, C- credit-wise. I mean, he probably did some stuff, but he's just not in any of the producer sections, so... Hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, I'd be very surprised if Saratros wasn't involved in that costuming. <laughs> costuming is really, really good once again in this film. Yeah. Yes. That's all. That's just it's just really, really good. <laughs> uh, everything I said before about the first film pertains to this film as well. Somehow they made his blue outfit better. I don't. I don't know how they did that. <laughs> it's great. Y'all can take your black and blue asses and head on out to the wastes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, all in all, I think we're both in agreement. Is that, a, we? did we ever determine if that was a word, agreeance? I think we're both in agreement. There you go. That the FB2 is a fantastic movie. If you haven't already seen it and you're still listening to this podcast, go watch it. It's really good. I'm excited for the third one whenever that gets released. Yes. Third one and the fourth one. Coming up, well, there's been a change in our schedule. Yes. The JTRO has spoken. And he requested that we watch a movie of his called How to Save Us. You say he requested it. It was more like he chastised us for not including it originally. And we're weak and we buckled immediately. (laughs) There's four weeks, four episodes, but we can make another one. That's fine. Yeah. So our next episode after this one is going to be How to Save Us. Let's go ahead and read that blurb. Brian Everett's younger brother Sam goes missing on the island of Tasmania. During hmm. the middle of a mysterious quarantine, forcing Brian to traverse across enemy lines to save his brother from an army of ghosts. Nice. First of all, what? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. This gonna be our next one, and then for that'll be on July 15th, if all goes well. And then on July 19th and the 26th, respectively, we will be watching and reviewing and releasing all Superheroes Must Die One and Two. Yes, and maybe maybe something else in there as well. You never know. We're going all in on j July. If you liked what you heard, which I don't understand why you wouldn't, uh, head on over to your favorite podcasting platform of choice, iTunes, Spotify, Google, uh, my personal favorite Pocket Casts, whichever one that is. Give us your five-star review. Leave a comment. If you actually write something in your five-star review, I will read it on the podcast. No matter what you say, I will read it. So be careful. Let it all fly. Just do whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> And then after that, head on over to your social media platform of choice. Find us on Instagram and Twitter as at Sci-Fi Wise Guys. And then on Facebook, you know, you're still using that thing, the Sci-Fi Wise Guys podcast group. I'll say it slow so you can understand. Uh, request to join, and uh, we talk about what we released. And if you really, really, really liked what you heard, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Sci-Fi Wise Guys. Become a patron, get access to episodes early and out of pod behind the scenes content. I just want to repeat what Chris said and say, thanks for listening and make sure y'all stay safe, stay hydrated. And remember that y'all are loved by the hosts and the community of this podcast. Thanks guys. I don't have a witty sign off. So bye. Bye. Did I ever tell you, I was at a work event once where we had a bunch of customers there and we were kind of mingling with the clients. One client took a a selfie with a group of people and said that she was like, yeah, we got to do it for the gram is what she said. (laughs) And I looked after every kind of discourse, I was like, is that a, I said, is that a drug thing? I had no idea what Instagram was. I had no clue. (laughs) So I made a fool of myself. But if you want to hit us up on the gram, you can us up a sci-fi wise guys.